Well, Jasper positioned himself as if he knew what time it was. <laughs> <laughs> nice laugh, Kai. Nice blurt, whatever that was. Let's we'll see if that makes sense. <laughs> hey, everybody, I'm Kai Ristall. Welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we make the day make sense. It is Friday today, 26 May. And I am Kimberly Adams. Thank you for joining us this Friday for Economics on Tap, our weekly happy hour. Today, we've got our YouTube live stream up and running. Thank you for everyone who has joined in. And we are going to have drinks. We are going to have news fixes. And then we're going to end on a round of our fun, fun game, half full, half empty. Kai, what are you drinking? Uh, I am, uh, as uh, viewers of the live stream will see, I am sniffing my beer because I am unfamiliar with this particular beverage. Uh, I'm having a Ballast Point Sculpin, but it's a hazy Sculpin, and I've never had their hazy Sculpin before. Uh, so I'm very curious. It's about 7% ABV because, you know, i got to get going because my mother-in-law is coming over for dinner tonight. So there's that. Um, but uh, let me have a little sip, and we'll see how it goes. Cool. I am having a uh, gnarly head red Zinfandel because I do love a red Zin, and it was at the grocery store, and I saw it, and it was there. So. <laughs> and it was there. Was, it was there. It was there. It was oh, there. my goodness. Um, I think, let's see, Jen is uh, drinking a nine-pin ginger hard cider. That sounds really wow. good. Uh, Michael in Houston has a Four Roses Old Fashioned today. Nice. We got a Cuba Libre, we got a gin and tonic, we got Baker's Bourbon, not Maker's, but Baker's Bourbon from Ellie Powell. Okay. Very interesting. Lemon Drop Martini from Jennifer Flippin Pierce. Yes, 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 yes. What is that? Uh, I saw some sparkling water earlier, which is great. Nice and healthy. A 2020 Austin Hope Cabernet that Vian is drinking. That sounds cool. All right, and Brett has a Manhattan. All right, there's a lot of bourbon happening in in in, in this uh, yeah. chat today. Okay, good. All right, shall we? Uh, all right. Oh, somebody. Right. What is gnarly wine? Somebody was asking me about gnarly wine, a barley wine from Sierra Nevada. Have you ever heard of this? Couldn't tell you. Have not. Okay. Have not. All right, I'll have to look it up. Okay, what's your news? Okay. Oh, uh, so. Uh, I hate to be rote and predictable, but uh, I'm going to be rote and predictable. But the bonus news is that I'm not going to talk about the debt limit. I'm going to talk about inflation. And I'm going to talk about PCE, personal consumption expenditure, which is the Fed's favorite measure of inflation, as anybody who listens to Marketplace knows. That came out today. And here's why I'm bringing it up. And as Kimberly said the other day, I don't like to cross post between shows because all y'all deserve new information. But this, I think, is really relevant. The Fed's preferred measure of inflation on a year-over-year basis is at 4.4%. A month ago, it was at 4.2% year over year. So that Mm -hmm. is to say the thing the Fed likes to look at for inflation is going up. And I submit to you that the Federal Reserve is now in a jam because inflation is stuck. And it's stuck at about Mm. the four-ish, four-and-a-half-ish percent level. Yes, it's been coming down, but this is not a great sign. And if the Fed is stuck and inflation's stuck... And that means interest rates are not going to, they're not going to take a pause at the June meeting. They're not going to cut rates for sure this year. And they may actually have to hike just to get the bleeping labor market and the bleeping economy to slow down a little bit. And, and that's, I think, what has to happen. So that's my news. There's Willie. There's Willie. Well, come on, come on. Come on. There she is. <laughs> anyway, sorry. 
So no, I think, I mean, you know, it's kind of a big deal, right? And it's and it's all, yeah. you know, it's it got lost in the news today because there's negotiations and blah, blah, blah. But I, I want to make sure people saw that. Yeah. You know, we thought we were on such a path to, you know, finally slowing down on these rate hikes or even coming to a pause. And your conversation with Bostic this week was really interesting. Um, Atlanta Fed President Rafael Bostic. Yeah. Um, you know, the... <laughs> What is the worst part? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, like, what, what, what is still yet to come? You know, what, el- yeah. what other inputs are there going to be? Because I imagine yeah. when the Fed was sort of scoping out, you know, its interest rate strategy, not meaningfully in the mix was the threat of not raising the debt limit. <laughs> right, right. Right. And that, you know, that tightens credit conditions and that slows things down. And there's the bank challenge and that slows things down. One of the things Bostic said this week was, you know, we haven't even gotten to the hard part yet. And the hard part is when unemployment starts to go up a little bit or, or maybe a lot and the economy slows a little bit or maybe a lot. And the Fed is going to be pressured to ease up on its interest rates. And it's not going to do that mm-hmm. until inflation is well and truly dead, not mostly dead. Um, and, and that's going to be the hard part for the Fed. That is going to be the hard part. Yeah. Anyway, what's yours? Oh, boy. Um, Mine is sort of an amalgamation of things that I'll just call consequences. Um, Because in our lives and especially in our political lives and our economic lives, a lot of times I think it feels like people just get away with things. And and they do. A lot of people with power get away with crimes and misdeeds and don't have to face consequences for their actions. But sometimes people do. And to wrote, this week we got the sedition sentencing for Mm -hmm. Stuart Rhodes. Mm -hmm. Sedition, one of the most serious crimes you can commit in this country. He got 18 years in prison, Stuart Rhodes being the leader of the Oath Keepers, threw his followers under the bus on the way out, by the way, (laughs) Mm -hmm. said that he Mm -hmm. didn't really tell anybody to show up and that it was all on them, but whatever. I wasn't even in Washington that day. I wasn't even in town. Sure, Stu. (sighs) 18 years. And I think that that is good, and I think that is just, and I'm glad to see that justice is being done there. There was another person, Jessica Watkins, who was another Oath Keepers member and an Army veteran who was sentenced to eight point eight and a half years today. Uh, She seems to be a little bit less... resilient, uh, not resilient, but a little less resistant to agree that, you know, it was not a big deal. Uh, In the sentence, Mm -hmm. in the sentencing today, she said, I was just another idiot running around the hallway, Watkins told the court before the sentence was handed down Friday, but idiots are responsible. And today you are going to hold this idiot responsible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number three in the list of consequences is a very fascinating piece in Politico magazine titled How I Won $5 Million from the My Pillow Guy and Saved Democracy. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Now, there was a lot happening after the 2020 election with all the false claims of election fraud and all the lawsuits and all the what's up with the voting machines. It was all garbage, right? But amongst the many, many claims, um, Mike Lindell made all of these claims about rigged voting machines and about hacks and about how foreign agents were getting involved with, you know, 
anything he could make up mm-hmm. at the time. It was made up. Yeah. And so in the summer of 2021, Lindell said that he was going to hold a cyber symposium to release data that he claimed proved U.S. voting machines were hacked by China, right? And he yep. said that if anybody could disprove his data, he would pay them $5 million. And so a guy went to the symposium and proved that it was wrong. And then he was like, where is my money? And Mike Lindell's like, no, I'm not paying you. And a court, after some time, has finally made Mike Lindell pay up. And it's a very fascinating piece to read. It's an interesting story. But yeah, that, I mean, now, $5 million may not be a lot in the larger scheme of things, but it's something. And consequences do sometimes happen. And it's nice to see the system working sometimes. So those were my news items. Yeah. Amen all of that. I think that's exactly right. And it's good to point out when, when, uh, when consequences actually land on people. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm 100% in favor of that. Uh, all right, so that is the news uh, for today. We are going to take a quick break here. But before we go, we are going to be in Seattle for a live taping of Make Me Smart on Friday the 9th of June. We're doing it with KUOW, the public radio station up there. Kimberly and me and Drew and Marissa and I think Bridget. And, I mean, there's going to be it's going to be the whole gang. The We're going to be at Town Hall in downtown Seattle. Yeah, whole slew of us. Um, and if you're in town, come on by. Yeah, it's my first time in Seattle. I'm very excited to go. It's going to be great. It's a good town. Yeah. Uh, So we are going to be doing what we do normally for Economics on Tap. We're going to have uh, our drinks, and I'm very excited to see what what is on offer there. Plus, we're going to have a special guest, the author-comedian Lindy West, who's going to join the party, and that's going to be really fun. We're going to include a link to ticket information on the show notes in case you do happen to be in Seattle or want to make a little trip, or you can go to KUOW.org slash events. Thanks. We'll be right back. Okay, now it is time for our game, Half Full, Half Empty, where we go through some news topics from the week and tell you how we're feeling about them. And it is hosted by our very own Drew Jostad. And Drew, let's go ahead. All right. According to this year's report from Morning Consult, Band-Aid has topped the list of the most trusted brands in the United States, beating out UPS and Amazon, among others. Are you half full or half empty? I am stuck on Band-Aids because Band-Aids stuck on me. Because Band-Aids stuck on me. There you go. That's right. (laughs) Oh, you were going to harmonize, too. You were going to harmonize, too. We got got screwed by Comrex delay. That was amazing. Oh, my God. Oh my God! Come on. Also, also we're for the in record, Seattle, we are, we'll be able to line up. <laughs> I was just going to say, like hell, we're going to sing in person. That's not happening. Anyway, uh, yeah, I'm half full. I love me some band aids. Uh, ever since they have, you know, I remember it was a big thing when we were a kid how like the band aids never matched anyone other than white yep. people, and so now that they've expanded a bit, yeah. sure, yeah, half full. Sure. Absolutely. There you go. Half full or half empty on Netflix's great password sharing crackdown. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Well, Uh. let me just say, um, on the theory that nobody from Netflix actually listens to this podcast and that my children don't listen to this podcast, kids, I'm really sorry. 
but I'm not paying seven ninety nine for you guys to be able to get this uh, service wherever you happen to be on this planet. So, sorry. Look, I'm real. I my my more fundamental point is I'm surprised it's taken them this long. Honestly, they're losing billions of dollars. So, more power to them. Honestly, you know. Also, yeah, but I mean, they should share all they should share all that revenue with the people who make the programs. The writers. Just saying. I don't know. I haven't had Netflix in a while because the last time I had it, I was password sharing with like an X. And so that's that's the Netflix that's still on my on my TV. And so I don't use it. <laughs> does your wait, does the X still use it? I'm sure he does. He he said it's fine for me to keep using it if I want to. I just don't. Um <laughs> I maintain good relationships with people. I do. I do. Um good for but you. I so I probably need to get my own Netflix account just so I could start watching Netflix shows, but I have so little time to watch TV anyway, and there's a lot of anime that needs to be watched and so I don't know. I just haven't really done much on Netflix. Where, where do lately. you where do you, where, where do you watch your anime? YouTube? Well, it's only Crunchyroll now because it, I used to use Funimation, but then Crunchyroll bought Funimation. And you can see some – Netflix has a lot of anime. Amazon Prime has some. Um, HBO Max or whatever they're calling themselves now uh, has some yeah. anime as well, but uh, mainly Crunchyroll. So Crunchyroll and, and, and what is it? Fun, funny what? Funimation, but they're, they're, Fun, they're not Funimation. around anymore. So, so those are all words. I don't know what they mean. What are those? It's it's just a brand name, like of of what? I what mean, is I suppose it. I mean, I guess you could make a. It's a, a sort of a reference to a crunchy sushi roll, since animation anime is Japanese. Maybe it's like a play on words uh, for that crunchy roll. I don't know. I'm sure someone in the chat knows the Somebody origins of crunchy roll. <laughs> Yeah, Ian, Ian, Ian Panzer is calling me out here. Guys, expressions that those names are hilarious. Yeah, anyway. Right. Anyhow. Huh. Right. Next. Next. <laughs> All right. According to one measurement, uh, QR code menu scans have dropped right. by about 27% compared with the same period uh, two years ago. Are you half full or half empty on maybe the decline of the QR code menu? I will go half go full because I, 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 I miss menus. I really do. I like to look at mm -hmm. it. I don't because the other thing is when you're out at a dinner or a lunch or something trying to spend time with people, it's hard enough to get people off of their phones and not distracted. So to force somebody to use a phone to see the menu or if they want to order another drink or order another appetizer or something like that, it just sort of takes away from the, the moment for me. So I am half full on fewer QR code menus. I would much rather have... Uh, I know we were, we were doing it for sanitary measures now, but I'm, I'm, I'd like a, a real menu, please. Exactly that. And, and also, let me just throw in there, for those who, you know, have, have uh, varying levels of, of ability, but also imagine, just because I mentioned her already, uh, imagine you're out with your 80, soon-to-be-four mother-year-old mother-in-law, and and you have to pull up on a phone this tiny little menu, and you got to squeeze, and mm -hmm. you got to this, tiny. and you got to that, and it's just it it just doesn't it doesn't work, it doesn't work, doesn't yeah. work. So I'm half full on the on the demise of QR menus. All right, half full or half empty on green steel. I don't know what that is. I don't I don't know. Would well, I can be like a less carbon intensive way of making steel, maybe using green hydrogen. Um, 
some funding well, yeah, for, of I'd course, s- hydrogen in the in the Inflation Reduction sh- Act. Sure. Yes. Half full. I mean, we need all the help we can get. We're on a real bad yeah. path. So I'll, I'll, I'll yes yeah. and everything, all the above. Yeah, totally. Yes, half full. Totally. <laughs> Totally. Assuming it's Absolutely. not like the greenwashing thing where it's like clean coal, you know? Yeah, where I, I it imagine there's actually... probably some, I, I imagine there's some measure of that in there, actually. Sorry to interrupt, but but yeah, I think mm. that's exactly right. I think there is going to be some measure of, of greenwashing, but, you know, yeah, clean coal is not a thing, by the way. Anyway. Uh, all right, so Drew, is this, uh, is this the last one? We yeah. ready? Yep. Okay, so there's going to be a poll. Uh, if you're on the live stream... Um, Pay attention, and you guys get to decide. Kimberly and I will vamp for a while, and then we will mm-hmm. come to the poll. Coming to the poll. All right. Uh, if you're in a hybrid or otherwise office, you can just ask if you you can just answer if you miss socializing at the office or not. But are you half full or half empty on mm. socializing at the office? Mm. So this is very interesting because. As I think regular listeners of this podcast will know, I've been working in or working out of, I guess, the marketplace offices since about six months into the pandemic because my home internet provider, which shall remain nameless, is terrible. Um, And Mm -hmm. so we had some connectivity problems and the engineers were like, no, 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 you're coming downtown to do the show, so shut up. Um, So I've been doing (laughs) it. But it said it much nicer than that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, It it is a 25-ish thousand square foot office space that on on the average busiest day now has five people in it. And it's, honestly, it used to really weird me out. Uh, But it doesn't anymore. Um, But but it's just so much space and it costs the company money. And also, and I guess I'm going to, no, I'm not going to get into that nitty-gritty of the half-full, half-empty here. But it's just, it's weird to have that much room with so few people. I don't know. Kimberly, do you have thoughts before we actually say what we think? If that makes any sense. Yeah. I like going to the office when I know that there will be people there. Like, whenever you come to D.C. with Nancy Fargali, the executive producer of our evening show, and Drew or Charlton or somebody else, or Gary, one of our other engineers, I will make sure to come into the office so I can say hi to everybody. And that's great. But that's, like, every couple months. Um, And I feel very comfortable socializing with people on Slack, as you all know from my great treatise on slack emojis uh the other day but (laughs) i also recognize that some of this comes from a place of privilege as some folks have mentioned in the chat that i have a comfortable home where my only real distraction is jasper and i'm able to you know have peace and quiet and manage my time if i had a bunch of kids running around or a dog <laughs> that demanded attention I don't know all what the that time was, that was will i don't know what that was going <laughs> I know. on oh my god sorry you know all of these <laughs> yeah. things make a difference yeah. and so like it's easy enough for me to say like no i don't need it i can i can socialize with other people whenever i want to but you know uh, yeah. yeah. So I'm yeah. going to go half empty on socializing in the office because I think the poll is done uh, well, really because I just feel like I can I can manage. And, and you and I are both introverts, so I think we probably do better on our own anyway. <laughs> you, you know, it, it, so it's really interesting that you point that out because that's where I was going to go. I am an introvert. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I, when I go do public events uh, for Marketplace or whatever, like every 45 minutes, I need to take five minutes and just go uh, into the bathroom and wash my hands and rinse my face and just take a break because it mm-hmm. just overwhelms it's me. Hard. I mean, and it's, and it's kind of wild. It's a but lot of people. It's a lot of people. But um, I really, really miss the socialization in the office. I miss it a lot. I miss the random connectivity. I miss the random sparks of creativity. I miss the conversations and I miss the people. That is not to say that there aren't some people, uh, you know, in the office space who drive me nuts, but that goes with any office space. But I really miss it. And I think it's a, I think it's a missed opportunity for us as a shop and Mm -hmm. for Marketplace as a program. Um, And I, I, uh, I, I really miss it. I miss it, which, which sounds, say, it sounds weird coming out of my mouth, to be honest with you. No, I, I get it. Because I think that there's two, we're talking a little bit about two separate things. There's office socialization and there's office collaboration. And I think we probably yeah, are harmed by the lack of in-person collaboration. That I think we could certainly yep. use more of. Um, but I feel like I'm good on the socialization part. I will tell you a really quick funny story about Nancy Marshall Genzer, yeah. who used to sit in a cubicle next to me in the before times. And now we are sort of right. ships passing in the night occasionally. But right. one, when we used to sit next to each other, every single morning, Nancy would go into the kitchen and she would make herself a bowl of oatmeal. And then she would go back to her desk and she would eat her oatmeal. And then her spoon would scrape the bottom of the bowl. <laughs> Loudly, every single day, (laughs) every single day. And one day I was like, Nancy, I can't take it anymore. (laughs) It's driving me nuts. And she didn't notice at all. And she ended up switching to a plastic spoon uh, so that it wouldn't make so much noise. But when she was in the office the other day, I was saying, I need you to record the sound of you scraping your spoon against the bowl so I can play it for nostalgia. Right, right, right. And and look, that, that's a really good point, right? Maybe yeah. there is a little bit of nostalgia here too, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. the before times um, uh, are are gone, and yeah. we never coming and this back. goes back to the this goes back to the early days of this podcast. They are never coming back, and yeah. we pine for the things we miss even as we know that we can never have them again. Wow, this turned into a downer. I'm really sorry. But Well, I think that that's like, I, was, I saw a TikTok about this the other day as well, because I'm still looking at TikTok because I have no care for my personal security, I guess, digital security. <laughs> but they were saying that this woman went to therapy and the therapist told her that the person who she was before her trauma was mm-hmm. gone forever and she needed to yeah. mourn the loss of that person right, and right. move forward with the knowledge that that person was never coming back. And yeah, we're never going to be the same that we were yeah. before the trauma of the pandemic in our economy, yeah. in our social lives, in our personal lives, nothing. We're never going back there. Yeah. And yeah. that's hard. And it takes some mourning, you know. And we did yeah. some stories about this, about grieving the loss yeah. of the yeah, old economy sure and our old, law, yeah. old lives. And so... Yeah, I think yeah. I think that's uh, that's part of it. So back to the question of socializing yeah. at the office. So the, poll. the poll results were <laughs> lots of extroverts in the chats. Uh, half full, sixty six percent, sixty six percent on socializing in the office. Half empty, thirty three percent about socializing in the office. So y'all are clearly ready to go back. <laughs> yep. 
or to go sure. in more, I suppose, to saying go, go, yeah. going back is not what we're doing. You're ready to be in the office more. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. Charlton gets out of here. the script i don't know where i am okay well i'll yes. tell you oh, what we're I'll, at the fundraiser no i right. found it it's Go okay ahead. uh we'll, we'll right so we're ahead. done for today except for our fundraising pitch because that's what it is we are going to be off on monday for memorial day and so if you could over the weekend give some time give some thought our well actually not over the weekend because our main fundraiser ends tonight actually so it'd be awesome if you are able to support if you could do that tonight we are 75% of the way to our $350,000 goal so thank you so much to everybody who's already contributed that is a lot but you know before you fully unplug and you know start your your holiday weekend hopefully with some thought of the folks who sacrificed their lives for our country. Um, I hope you will also consider uh, contributing for us. We have, you know, the swag, but we're funded by the public. And we can't do the work that we do unless we have your support. And so if you're in a position to give right now and you're able to do that specifically tonight, we would be very, very appreciative. Marketplace.org slash give smart. Marketplace.org slash give smart. I'm going to say it one more time. Marketplace.org slash give smart or click on the link in the show notes. Those of you who have given, by the way, thank you. We don't get to do this. Kimberly and I don't get to sit here yeah. and have a drink and schmooze and talk about um, surprisingly serious stuff on a Friday afternoon. Yeah. Without you. Yeah. We're done. Please and thank you. Make Me Smart, which is the podcast that you're listening to, and we are grateful for that, is produced by Courtney Bergsicker. Today's episode was engineered by Charlton Thorpe. Drew Jostad wrote the theme music to our game, Half Full, Half Empty. Antonio Barreras is our intern. The team behind our Friday game is Mel Rosenberg, Emily McCune, and Antoinette Brock. It's Mel's last day at Marketplace. We're going to miss her so much, but a big thank you to Mel, who is awesome. And for all the amazing work that she's done for Make Me Smart, thank you. Marissa Cabrera is our senior producer. Bridget Bodner is the director of podcast. And Francesca Levy is the executive director of digital and on demand. Oh, my God. That was some timing. Thank you. I was working on it. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts.